Chapter Nine of the Andes and the Amazon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Andes and the Amazon by James Orton. Chapter Nine. The volcanoes of Ecuador, Eastern Cordillera, Imbabura, Cayambi, Antisana, Cotopaxi, Yanganati. Tunguragua, Altar, Sangai. Near the once busy city of Otovalo, utterly destroyed in the late earthquake, the two cordilleras join, and turning to the right, we go down the eastern range. The first in order is Imbabura, which poured forth a large quantity of mud with thousands of fishes seven years before the similar eruption of Caraguayrazo. At its feet is the beautiful lake of San Pablo five miles in circumference and very deep. It contains the little black fish, Pimelodes cyclopum, already referred to as the only species in the valley, and the same that was cast out by Imbabura and Caraguarirazo. Next comes the square-topped Cayambi, the loftiest mountain in this cordillera, being 19,500 feet. It stands exactly on the equator, a colossal monument placed by the hand of nature to mark the grand division of the globe. It is the only snowy spot, says Humboldt, which is crossed by the equator. Beautiful is the view of Cayambi from Quito, as its enormous mass of snow and ice glows with crimson splendor in the farewell rays of the setting sun. No painter's brush could do justice to the prismatic tints which hover around the higher peaks. But this flood of glory is soon followed by the pure whiteness of death. Like a gigantic ghost shrouded in sepulchral sheets, the mountain now hovers in the background of the landscape, towering ghastly through the twilight until darkness closes upon the scene. Ten miles farther south is the bare-headed Guamani Range, over which passes the road to the wild Napo country. The view from the crest is magnificent, but, like every good panorama, eludes description. As we look eastward over the beginnings of the mighty forest which stretches unbroken to the Atlantic, the vast ridges trending north and south, and decreasing in height as they increase in distance, seem like the waves of a great ocean rolling toward the mountains. Nearby stands Antisana in his snowy robe. This volcano ranks next to Chimborazo in dignity. It has a double dome and an elevation of 19,000 feet. Snow of dying purity covers it for over three thousand feet, but judging from the enormous streams of lava on its sides, it must have been a fierce volcano in ages past. The lava streams are worthy of the great mountain from which they flowed. One of them, called Volcan Danzango, is ten miles long and five hundred feet deep, with an average slope of fifteen degrees. It is a magnificent sight as seen from the surrounding paramo a stream of dark, ragged rocks coming down out of the clouds and snows which cover the summit. The representative products of Antisana are a black, cellular, vitreous trachyte, a fine-grained, tough porphyroid trachyte, and a coarse, reddish porphyroid trachyte. An eruption as late as 1590 is recorded in Johnston's physical atlas. Humboldt saw smoke issuing from several openings in March 1802. We ascended this volcano to the height of 16,000 feet. On its side is the celebrated Hacienda of Antisana, which, more than sixty years ago, sheltered the great Humboldt from the sleet and rain and blast of this lofty region. 
It was a welcome refuge to us, for we had well-nigh perished with cold on the dreary Paramo. It is one of the highest human habitations in the world, being 13,300 feet above the sea, or a thousand feet higher than the peak of Tenerife. The mean temperature is the same as that of Quebec, so that 13,000 feet in elevation, at the equator, is equal to 47 degrees in latitude. Here is an extensive corral enclosing thousands of cattle, owned by a rheumatic old gentleman, Signor Valdivieso, who supplies the beef market of Quito. A desire for beef has alone brought man and his beast to this chilly altitude. It is difficult to get a quart of milk and impossible to find a pound of butter at this hacienda. The predominant colors of the cattle are red and black. They feed on the wild paramo grass, and the beef is not only remarkably cheap but superior in quality. The lasso is used in catching the animals, but not so skillfully as by the gauchos of Rio Plata. It is a singular fact that cattle have followed men over the whole earth, from the coast of Africa to the highlands of Antesana. The same species is attacked by crocodiles and condors. The atmospheric pressure is here so small that they frequently bleed at the nose and mouth when hunted. We have already given our experience in ascending high altitudes. We may add that while the pulse of Busengo beat 106 pulsations at the height of 18,600 feet on Chimborazo, ours was 87 at 16,000 feet on Antisana. De Saussure says that a draught of liquor which would inebriate in the lowlands no longer has that effect on Mont Blanc. This appears to be true on the Andes. Indeed, there is very little drunkenness in Quito. So the higher we perch our inebriate asylums, the better for the patients. Near the hacienda is a little lake called Mica, on which we found a species of grebe with wings so short it could not fly. Its legs, also, seemed fitted only for paddling, and it goes ashore only to lay its eggs. It peeps like a gosling. Associated with them were penguins in appearance. They were so shy we could not secure one. The query is, how came they there? Was this a center of creation, or were the fowls upheaved with the Andes? They could not have flown or walked to this lofty lake, and there are no watercourses leading to it. It is surrounded with a dry, rolling waste where only the condor lives. We turn to Darwin for an answer. The ragged Cincholagua and romantic Rumignaghi follow Antisana, and then we find ourselves looking up at the most beautiful and most terrible of volcanoes. This is the far-famed Cotopaxi, or more properly Cutupaxi, meaning a brilliant mass. Humboldt calls it the most regular and most picturesque of volcanic cones. It looks like a huge truncated cone rising out of the valley of Quito, its sides deeply furrowed by the rivers of mud and water which have so often flowed out. The cone itself is about six thousand feet high. The east side is covered with snow, but the west is nearly bare, owing to the trade winds which, sweeping across the continent, carry the ashes westward. Cotopaxi is the loftiest of active volcanoes, though its grand eruptions are a century apart, according to the general rule that the higher a volcano, the less frequent its eruptions, but all the more terrible when they do occur. Imagine Vesuvius on the summit of Mont Blanc, and you have the altitude of Cotopaxi. The top just reaches the middle point of density in the atmosphere, for at the height of three miles and a half the air below will balance that above. The crater has never been seen by man. The steepness of the sides and the depth of the ashes covering them render it inaccessible. The valiant Colonel Hall tried it with scaling ladders, only to fail. 
the telescope reveals a parapet of scoria on the brim, as on Tenerife. Humboldt's sketch of the volcano, so universally copied, is overdrawn. It makes the slope about fifty degrees, while in truth it is nearer thirty degrees. The apical angle is one hundred and twenty degrees thirty minutes. Cotopaki is slumbering now, or, as Mr. Cohen says of Hilo, it is in a state of solemn and thoughtful suspense. The only signs of life are the deep rumbling thunders and a cloud of smoke lazily issuing from the crater. Sometimes at night the smoke looks like a pillar of fire, and fine ashes and sand often fall around the base, to the great annoyance of the farmers. On the south side is a huge rock of porphyry, called the Inca's Head. Tradition has it that this was the original summit of the volcano, torn off and hurled down by an eruption on the very day Atahualpa was murdered by Pizarro. The last great eruption occurred in 1803, though so late as 1855 it tossed out stones, water, and sand. Heaps of ruins, piled up during the lapse of ages, are scattered for miles around the mountain, among them great boulders twenty feet square. In one place, Kincheva, the accumulation is six hundred feet deep. Between Cotopaxi and Sincholagua are numerous conical hills covering the Paramo, reminding one of the mud volcanoes of Yorullo. Pumice and trachyte are the most common rocks around this mountain, and these are augitic or porphyroid. Obsidian also occurs, though not on the immediate flank, but farther down near Chio. In ploughing, thousands of pieces as large as flints are turned up. The natives know nothing about their origin or use. The large specimens were anciently polished and used for mirror. But Cotopaxi is the great pumice-producing volcano. The new road up the valley cuts through a lofty hill formed by the successive eruptions. The section presenting alternate layers of mud, ashes, and pumice is a written history of the volcano. The cone itself is evidently composed of similar beds superimposed, and holding fragments of porphyry and trachyte. What is Vesuvius, four thousand feet high, to Cotopaxi, belching forth fire from a crater fifteen thousand feet higher and shooting its contents three thousand feet above its snow-bound summit, with a voice of thunder heard six hundred miles? Leaving this terrible safety-valve to the imprisoned fires under our feet, we travel along the wooded flanks and savage valleys of the Yanganati Mountains, whose lofty blue ridge is here and there pointed with snow. It is universally believed that the Incas buried an immense quantity of gold in an artificial lake on the sides of this mountain during the Spanish invasion, and many an adventurous expedition has been made for it. The inhabitants will tell you of one, Valverde, a Spaniard who, from being very poor, had suddenly become very rich, which was attributed to his having married an Indian girl, whose father showed him where the treasure was hidden, and accompanied him on various occasions to bring away portions of it and that Valverde returned to Spain, and on his deathbed bequeathed the secrets of his riches to the king. But since Padre Longo suddenly disappeared while leading an expedition, the timid Ecuadorians have been content with their poverty. And now we have reached the perfect cone of Tungoragua, the rival of Cotopaxi in symmetry and beauty. It stands 16,500 feet above the Pacific, its upper part covered with a splendid robe of snow, while the sugar-cane grows in the romantic town of Banos, 10,000 feet below the summit. A cataract, 1,500 feet high, comes down at three bounds from the edge of the snow to the warm valley beneath, and at Banos a hot ferruginous spring and a stream of ice-water flow out of the volcano side by side. Here, too, the fierce youth of the Pastasa, born on the pumice slopes of Cotopaxi, 
dashes through a deep tortuous chasm and down a precipice in hot haste as if conscious of the long distance before it ere it reaches the amazon and the ocean tungaragua was once a formidable mountain for we discover a great stream of lava reaching from the clouds around the summit to the orange groves in the valley and blocking up the rivers which tumble over it in beautiful cascades it has been silent since seventeen eighty but it can afford to rest for then its activity lasted seven years close by rises beautiful altar a thousand feet higher the indians call it capac orcu or the chief they say it once overtopped chimborazo but after a violent eruption which continued eight years the walls fell in its craggy crest is still more alpine than caraguirazo eight snowy peaks shoot up like needles into the sky and surround an altar to whose elevated purity no mortal offering will ever attain the trachyte which once formed the summit of this mountain is now spread in fragments over the plain of riobamba leaving this broken-down volcano but still the most picturesque in the andes we travel over the rough and rugged range of cubillin till our attention is arrested by terrific explosions like a naval broadside and a column of smoke that seems to come from the furnace of the cyclops it is sangai the most active volcano on the globe from its unapproachable crater three miles high it sends forth a constant stream of fire water mud and ashes no intermission has been noticed since the spaniards first saw it three hundred years ago stromboli is the only volcano that will compare with it its ashes are almost always falling on the city of guayaquil one hundred miles distant and its explosions generally occurring every hour or two are sometimes heard in that city Visse, in 1849, counted 267 explosions in one hour. We have now completed the series. What an array of snow-clad peaks wall in the narrow valley of Quito! Nature's Gothic spires to this her glorious temple. If ever there was a time when all these volcanoes were active in concert, this secluded vale must have witnessed the most splendid pyrotechnics conceivable. Imagine fifty mountains as high as Etna, three of them with smoking craters, standing along the road between New York and Washington, and you will have some idea of the ride down this gigantic colonnade from Quito to Riobamba. If, as Ruskin says, the elements of beauty are in proportion to the increase of mountainous character, Ecuador is artistically beautiful to a high degree. Here, amid these plutonic peaks, are the energies of volcanic action best studied. The constancy of the volcanic fires is a striking fact. First we have the deluges of submarine lavas, which were poured out long before the Andes lifted their heads above the waters, then alternate porphyritic strata, feldspathic streams, and gypseous exhalations, then at a later day floods of basaltic lava, next the old tertiary eruptions, and lastly the vast accumulations of boulders, gravel, ashes, pumice, and mud of the present day spread over the valley of quito and the west slope of the cordilleras to an unknown depth beneath the sea the incessant eruptions of sangai and the frequent earthquakes show that the subterranean energy which heaved the andes is not yet expended End of chapter nine